What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, catechesis, dogma, doctrine, uh, works of charity, acts of justice. The list goes on. I will sit with your questions. I will pray with them. I will study them. Hopefully I will respond in such a way. That's just helpful for you to become a saint and your walk toward eternity. But my disclaimer is this and has always been this. I'm not perfect and I'm not infallible. And therefore, the advice that I share with you that I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to invite you to have the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow closer to Jesus. But I also want to encourage you if my advice is helpful or difficult to lean into God in prayer and in study and in worship and in fellowship so that God can give you the graces that you may need over time to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell out the word ask, A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can rate us on and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. You can hit us up your own comments, critiques, glory stories, and feedback from past shows, future shows, and this present show. And you can also share us on your social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. This helps other people to find out about the show. If it's been good for you, potentially, it can be good for them as well. If you want to stay in contact with me, you can also order my books through Essential Press, Broken and Blessed, Pocket Guide to Adoration, Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and uh, and check out our new program that we're coming out with this summer. Uh, it's called Connected as Catholic Social Teachings for this generation today's show what we're talking about we're going to talk about patron saints and we're going to talk about the spiritual world and we're going to talk about evangelizing protestants Uh, but before we get into those awesome topics i want to share with you a glory story So my glory story is this, man, I have so much, so much glory. Uh, we recently were together, me, Sister Miriam, Father Mark Toops. We just filmed the latest Rejoice program uh, a week ago. And it's going to, I mean, gosh, it is so good to be with people who, I mean, I don't see them often, but when I see them, we literally pick up where we left off. I love Sister Miriam. I love Father Mark. And uh, it was a gift to be with them. And it was good to, a gift to be with my, 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 the whole team at Ascension. It's just like, those are, those are my friends. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. We literally got together and we prayed. And when we pray, y'all, if you can see what happens behind the scenes <laughs> when we pray together, I first of all, I just love prayer. Uh, I, uh, I got to take some vacation days this week and it's been so beautiful to just wake up in the morning and pray and not have to worry about going into work after I pray, but like just to pray and rest and go back to prayer and then rest. Like, oh man, so good. But uh, yeah, so that was a gift. That was a huge glory story to just pray with Sister Miriam and Father Mark and, and our team at Ascension uh, for this new Rejoice program. Uh, it's been a gift to to rest this week. Um, and also, so I've, I've been watching the show, The Chosen, and it's really good. I highly recommend it. Theologically, there are a few things that are off, but in general, it's a really good show. I, I saw this, the episode that I saw most recently was about St. John the Baptist. 
and Jesus and it was cool for me to see their, their their relationship, the way that it was portrayed in the show, because like John the Baptist never saw the miracles of God. But that doesn't mean God loved John the Baptist any less. And so like I was like just praying with like there's things that the Lord has not revealed to me yet. And the fact that he has revealed these things potentially to other people, but not to me, does not mean that he loves me any less. It just means that it's not for my greatest good that he has not revealed this to me. And it was just cool how that, that show was able to be an agent of God's grace for me to is sit with the Lord and pray even more. So that was also a huge gift, huge, huge grace, a glory story. And there's one more I wanted to share. Oh, another glory story is I get to, so one of my other good, good friends. So right now, I'm, uh, obviously, Father Ruben Dykes, best friend. And uh, we've been able to just, man, it's like pray and rest. It's been good. But another one of my good friends is a guy named Dr. Morris Acasa. And um, he's, he's just a, he's a great guy. He and I are doing a retreat together in September and we finally got it all done and worked out. And so it's going to be at St. Joseph's Abbey at the Christian Life Retreat Center. Uh, it's being endorsed and promoted by the Office of Black Catholics in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And, uh, and we're just trying to uh, do a married couples retreat to get couples to to uh, remember why they fell in love and to grow in their relationship most importantly with Jesus so that God can give them the grace that they need in their marriages to uh, be the disciples that God calls them to be. And so we're super excited about this about this retreat. It's been something we've been praying about for a while and working on uh, behind the scenes for a while. So now it's finally going to happen in September. And so uh, that's also just a huge gift that we're very much excited about. So uh, if you want to find out more about that retreat, go to www.faithandmarriage.org slash retreats. And uh, you can find out more info about that upcoming retreat. Um, Before we get into the show, I got some feedback I want to share with you. Feedback, Father Josh, what are the odds that the answer to my question about the Holy Ghost was posted on my birthday? I just want to say thank you. Happy birthday to a happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hey, hey, it's your birthday. Hey, Uh, it was very helpful. And I will listen and re-listen to it each time I get discouraged. Just one complaint, though. You did not sing my name smiley face uh i realize now that indeed the holy spirit is at work in my life based on what has happened to me over the past year right in the middle of the pandemic when churches were closed i was drawn to confession oh, praise god i called up a parish that i'd never been to before my local parish was completely closed at the time and the priest was kind enough to hear my confession after being away from the sacrament for a while since then i've gone to confession every month i've been praying the rosary nearly every day I recently started going to the chapel for Holy Hour every week. The Alexa Divina videos have been very helpful. I am a completely different person. Oh, I'm about to cry right now. I love it. This is so beautiful. I This is, ah, praise Jesus Christ. I still have some ways to go, but I thank God for the how far I've come. Thank you so much for the work you and your team do. I will continue to keep you guys in my prayers. God bless Barbara. Barbara, like really, I uh, praise God. I mean, that, that pierced in my heart. I... It pierces my heart. I, uh, I'm so grateful that you have taken advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation. I'm so grateful that you have um, listened to our Blessed Mother's cry um, to pray the rosary. Uh, I mean, even as recently 
in Africa when she appeared in um, Cabejo, Our Lady Cabejo, she appeared. It was the rosary that she keeps asking us to pray when she appeared in Guadalupe, Mexico, when she appeared in Fatima, when she appeared in Lourdes. She's always inviting us to deeper relationship with God. Um, but especially like in Cabejo and in Fatima and Lourdes, she's saying, pray the rosary. And so I'm so grateful that you've been praying the rosary. And I'm grateful you've been visiting Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament for a holy hour. Um, every single week, what a gift you are to the heart of Jesus. That is a very difficult thing to do for so many people. It's very hard. It's just it's just not easy to be able to, to get away for an hour every single week to a chapel. But to visit him in the chapel is also a huge gift. Uh, so thank you for that as well. And I'm, and I'm also grateful to God that the Lexi Divina videos I've done through Ascension Press have been helpful for you. Really, it just that this consoles my heart, you know, because the more time we spend in adoration, the more we'll be able to live a life of imitation of Christ. Adoration leads to imitation. And so um, my desire is that the world sees Jesus, the same Jesus who I fell in love with on June 26, 2004. I desire for the whole world to encounter and to fall in love with and, and Barbara because you uh, are spending so much time with the Lord and in prayer and your body and his grace through the sacraments. You are a living image of, of, of his face. And so thank you for loving God so well. It really just brought a tear to my eye. And um, and it's cool because, you know, what Jesus wept. So if anybody's trying to judge me right now, Jesus wept too. So fall back, haters, fall back. All right. I'm going to go ahead and stop the, the cry fest and we're going to jump into today's show. First question is about evangelizing Protestants. Uh, this comes in from Angie. Angie, that's uh, that reminds me of uh, Angie Martinez. She was a, a Latina rapper and radio uh, VJ back in the day. I think she still has a radio show, uh, but she had a song. Uh, this is ladies' night, and it feels alright. Oh, this is ladies' night. Oh, what a, oh, what a night. So that was back in the day when I uh, was a kid. And um, it was like her and I think Queen Latifah and the Brat. And who else was in that that song? Uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. I seen her rainbow yesterday. Not too many times. And then, and yeah, that was like back when I was a kid. Back in the day when I was a kid, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a priest now and i'm a grown man so yeah anyways um and i think that they won a grammy I mean, i'm not saying the song was great I, I i don't remember the lyrics at all it could have been a very bad song for all i remember but uh, i just remember angie that's what my mind goes to being add so i am a cradle catholic and i've always felt blessed to be born in my faith but i've never felt equipped to explain or defend my faith to others so i usually avoid situations where i would be asked questions a couple of years ago, I was on a business trip and I found myself seated on a plane next to a lady who wanted to have a conversation about religion. She asked me if I was Christian and I and asked what religion I practice. She then told me she felt sorry for me because Catholics believe we have to work our way to heaven, whereas in her church, they believe once you say yes to their faith, you're saved. 
I can't recall exactly how I avoided getting into a discussion with her, but I do recall saying that I feel fortunate to have my faith, the sacraments, and a path towards heaven. I did find it surprising that she felt the need to try to convert me to her faith. As a Catholic, I've never felt I needed to try to convert other Christians to Catholicism and perhaps ignorantly always felt proud of the fact that Catholics don't push our faith on others. My question is, knowing that other Protestant faiths do know Jesus Christ, but do not know or honor all the sacraments of the Catholic Church, do we as Catholics have an obligation to teach and try to convert Protestants back to the Catholic faith? Note, I re-listened to your podcast of February 4th, where you respond to the question as whether non-Christians, if by no fault of their own, do not know Christ or the Church, could obtain salvation. I would still, though, like clarity around whether Catholics have an obligation to educate Protestants about our faith, or rather should our focus be on those who have no knowledge of Christ at all? Angie, that's a great question. So Angie, a couple of things. Number one, the the mandate that God gave to all of us uh, is to go out and make disciples of all nations, to go out. That is not only applicable to bishops and priests and deacons and nuns and monks and friars, but to the lay faithful as well. By virtue of our baptism, we have this mission that God has invited us to participate in. The very first mandate, though, is to pray. So, like, number one is to sit with the Lord and to watch him and to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. To sit with him, to watch, and to pray your rosary. To sit, watch, and pray the scriptures. To sit, watch, and pray before the Blessed Sacrament. To sit, watch, and pray your novenas. To sit, watch, and pray your spontaneous uh, charismatic prayers or whatever it might be, however you pray. To sit, watch, and pray. And then from that place of interior life, from that place of relationship with Jesus, you will be able to go out and to make disciples of all nations, races, tribes, and tongues. And when you go out to make disciples of all people, uh, the Lord has a great gift to give to all people, and that's the sacraments. And he doesn't want anyone to settle for anything less. Um, and so uh, if you have the fullness of a gift, then the least you could do, the least I could do, the least we could all do is invite people like the way you're, that lady said i'm sorry that you know you feel you have to do this way i feel sorry that you're catholic that's just ignorant and that's ridiculous and that's inappropriate but we do have an obligation to at least invite like i i want to invite you to check out jesus and the sacraments like you know i'm in the scripture praise god so what do you think about this scripture john 6 what do you think about this scripture what saint paul says about the eucharist what do you think about this scripture what saint peter says about baptism what do you think about this scripture right so like speak their language, right? Meet them where they're at. But there is so much more to the church than the scripture. I mean, the, the scriptures came from the church. The church existed long before the Bible was ever put together. The God gave us the church. The church is the pillar and foundation of truth. And so I think we have an obligation to, to, to at least invite people to experience the rest of the gifts that God wants to share with, with his people through the church, with, which involves the Bible, but it also involves the Blessed Sacrament, um, to invite people to to at least go to adoration. Um, I know Gloria Purvis, she had her conversion. She was a Protestant and she was a kid in a Catholic school and she went to Eucharistic adoration at school and she had an encounter with God because the nuns invited all students to adoration, not just the Catholics, but Protestants as well, atheists and agnostics as well, Muslims, Hindus, and Jews as well. That's what Mother Teresa's nuns did when I used to do missionary work with them in Calcutta. They invited everybody to Mass and they invited everybody to Eucharistic adoration, whether you were Catholic or Protestant, atheist, agnostic muslim hindu or jew there was a lutheran seminarian there who um he uh, and i met and we worked together in calcutta and um and he came to adoration every day and he uh he mentioned to me before i left that he was considering converting to catholicism because the sisters invited him to adoration and he began to believe in the true presence of god in the eucharist outside of mass so i think it's it's important that we at least invite people 
And one way that we can invite people um, is is by sharing our stories. You know, you don't have to be a theologian to share your story of how the Eucharist transformed your life, um, how the sacraments have been beneficial for you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to be an apologist. You could just have your testimony, like the hemorrhaging woman who was hemorrhaging for so many years. When she shared her story, her story impacted Jairus, and it gave Jairus an increased faith to believe that what God did for her, God could do for his daughter as well. The woman at the well, she shared her story. She was not a theologian. She was not a scholar. She was not a scribe or a Pharisee or a Sadducee. She was a woman at the well who at one point was living in adultery. And she encountered Jesus and she said her encounter with Jesus and her testimony drew people to Jesus. And he did the rest. Like all we got to do is invite people to him. It's like when he did the miracle of the loaves and the fish. All the apostles had to do was was go out and find the fish and the loaves and give them to Jesus. And then he did the miracle. So we just get, need to invite people to God, invite people to adoration and trust that he's big and he could do more than we could ever do. So I would certainly say, yeah, we have an obligation if we have a gift to share that gift, we can't keep it to ourselves. If a woman gets engaged or proposed to by a man, she posted on social media eventually. It's like, hey, look at the ring I got. See, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. He put a ring on it and they show that ring, right? And so we have something way better than a ring. We have the sacraments and, and the scriptures and tradition and the magisterium. We have it all. And so why keep it to ourselves? Why let people settle for less? Why not say there's something more? You know, Christ did not found a bunch of churches. He founded one church. Why not share the one church that he founded with everybody? At least invite them. We don't have to make them. We can't uh, impose our faith on others, but we can at least propose that they give it a second chance. And I always find it, it works best when we do it through the lens of prayer. Like, hey, just come pray with me. Let's go pray together and, and trust that Jesus will speak. Uh, I've seen people convert whenever we've I've done ministry that way, as opposed to always just being intellectual, like literally saying, like, let's go pray together. Let's let's take this to prayer. And that's not only works with like an invitation to the sacraments, but that's also worked in my ministry of um in my ministry of healing and reconciling the body of Christ with regards to the racial divide. Whenever I've invited people just to pray, I've seen so many profound conversions happen. So it's just there's something special about like trusting that Jesus will speak if we invite people to encounter Jesus in the Eucharist. He's God. He's, he's, he's God. He could do it. I would encourage you to share your testimony. Share your testimony of the sacraments and invite your brothers and sisters in your community to encounter God as well in the sacraments too. All right. So speaking of the sacraments, there are a number of people in the body of Christ who uh, became saints because of the sacraments. And so the next question comes in from Samantha, and it is about patron saints. What should our relationship with our patron saint look like? And when we pray to them, is it okay to refer to them as brother or sister? For example, when we pray to St. Francis, can we say, Brother Francis, pray for me, Samantha? Yeah, Samantha. Super good question. And yeah, they are our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Whenever we, Jesus says in the gospel, nothing will separate you from my love, not even death. And so you are my sister, Samantha. So I can call you sister, Samantha. You call me, call me brother, father. It's cool. And so we're members of the body of Christ, the same body of Christ. We abide in him together. And whenever we die, if we persevere by the grace of God and our relationship with Jesus, then we're still members of the body of Christ in heaven. Um, and so, yeah, we can call each other's brothers and sisters. That's totally fine. Uh, I, th I think it's just important to, to pay attention to like, what does that relationship need to look like when we pray? To pray means to ask. So we need to ask them for specific needs to help us to grow in virtue, to help us to imitate Jesus, to help us to overcome our fears and our worries and our concerns and to go out and make disciples of all nations to help us to bring about a world where there is justice and there is peace. 
um, build a civilization of love, like to ask them for their prayers for that, to to persevere and get to know their stories. I think when it comes to these relationships with these saints who are our brothers and sisters, it's important that we meditate on their lives right? um, and, and perceive how is God inviting us to, to imitate them in our walk toward eternity, to grow in our relationship with him and our walk toward eternity. There are so many saints that are constantly reaching out to us to invite us to to follow them. Uh, right now, one of those saints for me who has been uh, reaching out to me is Saint Moses the Black. He is somebody who has been on my heart lately, and so I've been reading a little bit more about his life and studying his his testimony and being inspired by him. And so uh, I would encourage you to like pay attention to what saints come to your heart. It's not really us who choose the saints; it's the saints who choose us. And so, what saints are choosing you right now to walk with you? in your relationship with our Savior, Jesus. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to dive into the final question from Elda about the spiritual world, specifically about spirits and angels and ghosts. Stay tuned. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, But what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Final question comes in from Elda about the spiritual world. How do we know the spiritual world exists? I've never understood angels, spirits, or holy salt, and I feel a bit embarrassed that sometimes this even seems a little silly to me. My whole life, I've been almost proud to say that I've never believed in ghosts or spirits behind the Ouija boards, but I realize that I'm actually missing something about my Catholic faith. This came to my attention while listening to Father Mike's Bible in a Year episode on 1 Samuel 27 and 28. How can I learn about the Catholic Church's teachings on the spirit world and be less of a skeptic? Thanks, Elda. Elda, uh, great question. First of all, shout out to Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in Year podcast. It's awesome. He is, uh, man, what a gift to the church. What a gift to the body of Christ. All right, so uh, when it comes to how do we know what the church teaches, well, a few things. We have the catechism. Catechism of the Catholic Church is a huge, huge, huge gift to us. And if you read paragraphs 328 through 336, uh, that talks all about the existence of the spiritual non-corporeal beings that sacred scripture usually calls angels and that they are, it's, it's a part of our faith. And so the, the word ghost uh, that you talk about comes from the word spirit. And we believe in spirits as Christians, even Jews, right? God is spirit. Angels are spirits. The souls in and purgatory are spirits, right? Demons can be spirits. Um, so uh, spirits, ghosts, whatever you call it, definitely exist. But so it's, it's all there. It's definitely all, all there uh, <laughs> for sure. But I think that we go to the catechism. We go to the Bible as well. I mean, and pray with the catechism. Apply the steps of Alexia Divina to the Catechism, 328 through 336. Apply the steps of Alexia Divina to the stories in the scriptures. I mean, from the beginning of the Bible to the end, there are stories of angels and demons. Like literally in the 
beginning of the Bible, a demon, a fallen angel, Satan, appears to Adam and Eve. In the end of the Bible, the word dragon is the same word as serpent. That's the devil. Angels and demons are literally throughout the entire Bible. The angels are singing, holy, holy, holy. The angels are worshiping before the Lamb of God. And I mean, there's just, it's the whole Bible is filled with it. It was through an angel, Gabriel, that Mary uh, was able to perceive the invitation from the Lord to be the mother of God. It was through an angel that um, Joseph was able to perceive the invitation from the Lord to take Mary into Egypt and to take Jesus into Egypt. It was through an angel that Zechariah experienced this great gift in John the Baptist. It was through, I mean, there's, there's demons and angels all through the Bible. Um, and as you also mentioned, and there's also souls, you know, as well, like there are souls, spirits, Moses and Elijah, Moses died in the first five books of the Bible. Uh, yet he appeared, his soul appeared with Jesus and Elijah before Peter, James and John, they saw a ghost. A ghost is a disembodied soul. So his soul was apart from his body. They saw his soul. Uh, they saw Elijah talking to Jesus as well. Right. So they saw these, these, these two people um, with, with the Lord. So, and even like in, in people's homes, like whenever you're, if stuff starts moving around your home, oftentimes people think, oh, it's a demon. Like not necessarily. It might be a soul in purgatory who needs your prayers. Like typically demons break stuff. Like if stuff starts crashing everywhere and like it's chaotic, it's probably a demon. But if it's literally just like things moving, lights turning on and off a little bit, certain smells being there, it, you know, it could be demonic, but it could also in a very real way be a soul in purgatory who needs you to pray for them, right? Because they are still being purified by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, as they're being drawn into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so uh, souls are definitely depicted in the Bible, these spirits, ghosts, uh, as you mentioned in Samuel, uh, spirits, angels are depicted in the Bible. God is spirit. God the Father is spirit. God the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Jesus, before the incarnation, had no body, right? So um, so there, there is biblical precedence, uh, but the church's teaching is also very clear in the catechism. So I would encourage you to pray with like those scriptures. Pray, take it to prayer. Like don't just study, but like allow your study to draw you into prayer. That way God can speak to you, Elder. Like God speaks to us today the same way he spoke to Moses in the Old Testament. He spoke to Mary in the New Testament. God speaks to us today and he wants to talk to you. And so I would encourage you to take the steps of Lexio, read, what does it say? Meditate, what does it say to me? contemplate sit with the lord you know pray before you contemplate talk to god about what it says to you and and take it to the to the lord and see what he wants to say to you in those scriptures and in those catechism sections on angels and on spirits uh, because yeah it's definitely a part of our faith that i think sometimes we limit things to like just what we can see and touch and taste and feel and the world is so much bigger you know i've been able to participate in, you know uh i've done some deliverance ministry throughout my priesthood even as a seminarian i participated in deliverance ministry and yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff happen. So, yes, I know it's real because I've seen this stuff happen, like legit crazy craziness. And especially when we do like participate in the rites of the church, like when we do the prayers the church has given us, uh, stuff goes down. You know, in, in a dream world for me, I wish that people who who were all about like the supernatural aspect of the church, and, like spiritual warfare and deliverance and all that, we're also passionate about justice. And I'm not saying that some aren't, but in many cases, when I've been in those circles, a lot aren't. And I wish that people who are like passionate about like social justice were also like passionate about like healing deliverance ministry. And I'm not saying that some aren't. Again, hear what I'm saying. I know some are. I've met them. But I've also met many who are not. 
and who are like, ah, you know, so it's like both and people like, let's, let's be Catholic. It's not either or, um, why can't we spend, go to mass every Sunday and fast Wednesday and Friday and be devoted to the, to the rosary and the blessed sacrament and scripture. And why can't we be rooted in the mystical life of the church and the spiritual masters and be aware of the demonic, um, forces and structures that are afflicting people in our community and possessions and oppressions and obsessions and and at the same time participate in protests uh, that are going on in our community and try to reform unjust practices and policies and and transform institutions and, uh, and, and evangelize people and disciple people and accompany people through works of charity and acts of justice. And why is it that so many times in our church is it's either or like I'm in this camp and you're in that camp. It's like, now why can't we be Catholic universal and be about every gift that God has given us? Just like the one of the earlier questions about Protestants, you know, Protestants have the Bible, praise God, but they're missing out on the Eucharist. They're missing out on confirmation. They're missing out on holy orders. And there's like so many gifts that they don't have that we do have. So why don't we generously invite them to the table and say, Hey, like, look, I would love for you to participate in this. All you got to do is, you know, make act of faith, go to confession and you are in, um, yeah, it's just there's so much good that's out there. And sometimes we get so caught up in these camps and I'm like, y'all, y'all, there's so much more. Like I will f- I will forever be about the interior life. I know the power of Eucharistic adoration. I know the power of Lexio Divinity Scripture. I know the power of the sacraments and worship at Mass. Never will I leave the church. Never will I leave, leave the sacraments or the interior life. I also know the power of that comes whenever we decide to embrace the prophetic role in the church and to not settle for unjust systems and institutions and reform them uh, from within. I've seen so much healing and grace come from that. I know the reality of the spiritual warfare that we are all in. I have had my butt kicked from the enemy, kicked my butt before, and I've witnessed people find liberation from the demonic like i know that's real and so it is all important i know the power of evangelization of just sharing the gospel and inviting people to bible study power of catechesis of having like you know solid orthodox teachings of the church and not water them down to make people feel comfortable i've seen the power of being honest with people about the truth that god has given to us ah it's it's all good right piety and interior life is good Spiritual warfare and the church's like teachings on deliverance ministry is good. Social justice and and Catholic social teaching is good. The evangelization and discipleship and catechesis is good. It's all good. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage all of us to uh to lean into all the above and not either or, but but both and. Give me A, B, C, and D. I'm like Saint Therese. I want it all. Cause uh, was it was I want it all. Uh, I forgot what, what I don't even know what song I'm about to sing right now. Whatever, but um, uh, I would take this, this, and that. It's it's like it's like somebody who's really hungry. He goes to a restaurant. I would take the entire left side of the menu, please. <laughs> why do I make my, that's like? Why am I making myself laugh? <laughs> okay, let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All right, y'all. I will see you next week. Uh, stay tuned. And we have some exciting news. The podcast has some super exciting news that's going to be made public probably in a couple of months. And so um, I can't wait for y'all to hear that. But until then, I will see you in prayer. God bless. <music>